following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. Welcome to Smartdown Boulevard. We are a pair of smarks who love to talk wrestling, but let's face it, it really isn't what it used to be. It's ridiculous. My name is Jose Solarzano, and he is my friend, the bad guy, the mighty Morphin, the newly Marvel Legends collecting man. Oh, my God. It just keeps on getting worse. Jermaine Meredith. How's it going, my friend? I was doing good before you exposed my business like that. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we talk and we say, yo, did you get anything new? You acquire a new license, you get new action figures, and it's just <laughs> piling up, man. I'm the one who collects the action figures, but you're just taking it on on a new level now. Hey, man, uh, I just see these things, and I got to have them. <laughs> you just got to have them, don't you? Yeah, it's hard. I got to deactivate my Amazon account. Yeah, I think so. No, someone wants to get the credit card. <laughs> <from you. laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. You know, like I was telling you before we started here in press record, I got I finally got my ringside collectibles order from Black Friday. That's right, November twenty seventh. It just arrived on Tuesday, uh, but it was well worth the wait. Got my China and Triple H two pack. Uh, first time China's in the line, so that's a very very monumental figure for me. And of course, an Ayo Shirai because uh, that's Michelle and my uh, favorite female superstar so far of uh, last year, of course. And hopefully, she can continue. Uh, being one of the great uh, superstars of this year. Listen, Jermaine, I got to say, last year we ended things with a big bang. We did the Smarkies, and we give out a couple of awards, first ever Smarkies. We also pre-recorded our first ever two episodes to get people through the holidays because we were on vacation. And with that being said, what did you do on vacation? Man, all I did was work, celebrated my and my daughter's birthday. Ah, yes. Uh, Happy belated birthday to you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just relax. Yeah. At work. <laughs> I mean, there's really nothing... I mean, you can't really do much during these times, especially when, you know, every week you're in a new lockdown or there's a curfew or, you know, an emergency state. Yep. It's just... There's no vacationing like we used to back in the day from what we consider, you know, going back to normal back in the day now. You know, I mean, we've been in this yeah. for almost a year now, so I think the best thing to do when you take a vacation is just to lounge around the house, you know, do your daily duties, do some cleaning, man. That's always a good thing to do. You yeah. Know? That kills time. You know, reorganize your newly acquired Marvel Legends. <clears throat> that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the case. But, yeah, I mean, for the record, I mean, the recorded shows, I was kind of, you know, I like to keep things, you know, not live, obviously, but current and not pre-recorded here on SmartDown Boulevard, but I thought... You know, we deserved a little bit of a break during the holidays, and we had some great content for you during uh, the holidays. We did our Dream WrestleMania cards, which I listened to again, and I was just like, wow, man, could you imagine those things happening? So that was definitely a good uh, Christmas Day bonus for our Smart fans out there. Then we did a best uh, year in review of the SmartDown Boulevard, and you know, I was thinking we could have added all of our episodes on there. I'm that proud of every episode we've ever done. Well... Maybe one or two, but that's between you and I. But I was just—I just said it was great content, you know. For being pre-recorded, it's pretty good content. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty good content. Talked about dream matches, also our favorite episodes of the Boulevard. So yeah, 
It was great. It was great listening to you. And you know what? Of course, we had all of our fans listening, and we had a guest of the show listening, and um, he's inquired, and he has a beef with you again, and um, I think he's going to be making his way back into the boulevard, my friend. It uh, it has to yeah. happen. It has to happen. He thinks he thinks you want to smoke, and he he's ready to give it to you. We're just trying about now. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Of course, we might be uh, having a couple guests here. And did I mention, Jermaine, this is our 40th episode. I can't believe I forgot about that. This is our 40th episode. And you know what? I told you. We're going to keep it low-key because we're on the road to 50 episodes, Jermaine. 50. That's right, brother. 50 episodes, man. Like, if, if you think about it, we're almost at the point where if you were to start listening to our catalog from episode 1, Every week, so one episode a week, you'd be there for a whole year. We have a catalog of episodes. We have a library of Smartdown Boulevard. We have been putting in the work, and it's no different here in 2021. So with that being said, Jermaine, let's get things going on the 40th episode of The Boulevard, shall we? All right, we shall. Okay, on the docket for today, we're going to be discussing Sports Illustrated's illustrious list of the top 10 wrestlers of 2020 which is going to be quite the interesting talk and we're also going to be talking about AEW because on Smartdown Boulevard we talk about AEW as always and then if we have time maybe we'll do something else who knows here on the boulevard we're just taking it low key getting back into the swing of things here in 2021 so Jermaine I know you checked out that Sports Illustrated Top 10 Wrestlers of 2020 because, just straight off the bat, it was ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. (laughs) It really is. Especially number one. (laughs) Well, I have my theory as to why they chose number one. And I think at this point, most of the wrestling marks or smarks out there have read this list. But we're going to go through it because it's, it's a point of discussion. And I think we can kind of compare what we did on the Smarkies. I mean, a lot of things um, correlate, and some things don't correlate, obviously. And it's just a point of discussion because, I mean, anytime any place puts a list of top 10 wrestlers, there's always going to be time for discussion, uh, agreements, disagreements, and this is no different. And to me, when did Sports Illustrated start making a list of top 10 wrestlers? When did Sports Illustrated start taking wrestling seriously to the point where they're making these types of lists? Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, Sports Illustrated. Really? Like I never thought about. It. I never would ever think of going to Sports Illustrated to read about wrestling. Yeah, there's probably some ulterior motives there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I get like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I get that, obviously. Um, but Sports Illustrated. Okay, let's see. Let's see what we have. Let's start at number ten because it's the most logical thing to do, of course. And even though I think this wrestler is pretty interesting. Interesting promos. Eddie Kingston from AEW. This guy has 18 years on the independent circuit. Okay. He's no spring chicken. I get it. And, you know, he's had some feuds this year, uh, recently going up against John Moxley. He's main evaded some pay per views. I understand why they would put him on the list, but I can think of nine other guys, 10 other wrestlers that I would put at the number 10 spot instead of Eddie Kingston. What are your thoughts? To be honest, I don't really know too much about Kitty, uh, 
<laughs> Eddie Kingston. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, from what, based off of what you said, I don't think he belongs mm-hmm. on the list. I wouldn't put him in my top, uh, my top thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I would put him before Cody though, but that's another story. Number nine. But, but aren't you happy that Cody's not on the list? I am thrilled that that Eagle Maniac <laughs> is not on the list. I am thrilled. <laughs> I'm so glad that he's not on the list because let's be real. He shouldn't be on the list. And that's one thing no. that I think that's one, maybe one or two things that this Sports Illustrated list got correctly by not including Cody Rhodes in here because let's just not go there right now. <laughs> number nine. Oh, this just been apparently he was number 11. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I thought for a second it was actual breaking news. That's good. No. That's good. <laughs> this just in, folks. Um, number eleven, man. I wouldn't even put him in twenty for this year. I really wouldn't. I, I just is he in your top thousand though? No, he's not. Oh, I put wow. I put Eugene Snitsky. <laughs> And the blue meanie ahead of him. Yes, I said it. Number nine. Hey, well, Eugene and Snitsky aren't that bad, though. <laughs> they're, they're better than Cody. Number nine. Oh, shoot. <laughs> this guy won't let it go. Number nine, who I think should have been higher up on the list, Roman Reigns. Agreed. Roman Agreed. Reigns returned to the WWE ring six months into 2020. And I think, you know, for a guy who returned to the ring six months into 2020, he made a big splash. He really did. And I think he deserved to be higher on the list. I don't think he should be number nine. I can see why they put him lower. Maybe it's because of his absence, but that was for health reasons. I mean, yeah, but, he, he chose to stay home because of the COVID crisis. Yeah. I think his wife had twins at the time, so it was just a safety issue for him, which is understandable. Yeah, know? and also because he has a... He's immunocompromised too because yeah, of battling yeah. leukemia, right? That's right. But uh, yeah, based off of his recent work, definitely should have been way higher up. Exactly. No, he really did. Like they said here in the article, the big dog has put together some great fresh promos, which I agree, as well as returning to the top, which he definitely is at the top. He's the head of the table. He's the tribal yes. chief. And yep. uh, he reclaimed the WWE SmackDown uh, well, not the WWE SmackDown title. The Universal title. What the hell? You see what I mean? This Come on, man. Damn. Just, see? Reclaiming the WWE SmackDown title. <laughs> what amateurs. <laughs> what I tell you? They have no reason writing about wrestling. They don't know. They don't. I love how no. they're trying to include it. But get some people who know what the hell they're talking about, like you and I. Uh, anyway. I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> we would be better suited to make this list, to be honest with you. Which begs the question. <laughs> hmm. We didn't even come up with a top 10 list of the wrestlers of 2020. That's an interesting. Hmm. There's an idea. Oh. Hold that thought, Jermaine. Number eight. All right. One of my favorite. He, th- this wrestler is in my fave five, as Booker T would say. Kota Ibushi from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Listen, if you don't know who Kota Ibushi is, do yourself a favor and do some research. If you're a smart, a mark. You should know who Kota Ibushi is. No questions asked. The first appearance from a New Japan Pro Wrestling guy 
on this list. And I think the only New Japan... No, there's two New Japan Pro Wrestling nope. guys on this list. Two guys, which I would have interchanged where they are on the list, to be honest with you. But that's just maybe my bias. And we'll get to who else, what other New Japan Pro Wrestlers on the list. But um, Kota Ibushi, number eight. I'm happy to see him on the list. But I wish... You know, maybe I'm going based off him winning both titles earlier last week. Uh, okay, maybe number eight is the right spot. But this man is on his way up. He's been on his way up, and he's one of my favorites. He really is. And I think you've come to appreciate his uh, his genius there, Jermaine. I think through me, probably. Again, I, I have no clue about this guy's work or anything like that. I know. I put you. Shame me. I put you in front of it. Don't worry. I always send you Kota Bushi clips. You know who he is. Yeah, I do. But in my personal time, I, I haven't seen any of the match. Oh man, listen. I probably should listen before next week's episode. I gotta send you <laughs> two matches, man. Him and Nakamura when Nakamura was in New Japan for wrestling, put on clinics when he was good. Yeah, when he was good, he was used <laughs> properly. When he when his charisma yeah. was allowed to flourish, yes. Uh, these guys put on clinics. These guys almost broke their necks. Um, and anytime Tetsuya Naito and Ibushi go at it, it's they're slobber knockers. I mean, it, it's just strong <laughs> style to the highest level of competition, and I love it. And Kota Ibushi has the moves. He looks the part. He is uh, personable. He he's the total package. And I think he deserves better. I think he does. I think he deserves to be like considered one of the best. And um, he definitely is. So I think you should check him out. And I think everybody out there, go check out who Kota Ibushi is. You might have seen him too on the Cruiserweight Classic. He should have won the Cruiserweight Classic. But the reason why he didn't, Jermaine, this is where the politics come in with WWE. And I'm glad he had the wherewithal to, to, um, to notice this. They wanted to sign him. They said, sign with WWE and we'll give you the Cruiserweight um, uh, belt. And he said, well, no, I don't know if I want to stay here. You know what I mean? And yeah. TJP goes and says, oh, yes, of course. Hi, I want to sign with WB. So they give him the title. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all politics. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. I'll put down my Nintendo <laughs> control and sign with WWE. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's I'm glad he had the wherewithal to, to know that it's all politics in WWE. And he decided to stay with New Japan Pro Wrestling where they could use him properly. And he could be highlighted like he recently was last week at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So, honestly, man, Kota Ibushi, number eight. I, I rave about this guy. Let me continue before I keep on going. Number seven, Io Shirai from NXT. And uh, I know she missed a couple months in 2020 because of an injury. But she returned to win the number one contenders, to become the number one contender for the, for the uh, NXT Women's Championship. And then she beat Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match, and she became the NXT champion, which was uh, a nominee during our Smarkies for match of the year. So I think, yep. yeah, Io Shirai definitely deserves to be on this list. I don't have a problem with her being number seven. I'm okay with that. Yeah, she's still up and coming, and she's definitely putting in work oh, yes. in NXT. But give her a few more years or... Well, no, maybe this year might be her year, and she'll be on maybe top three on the same list to come next year. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I enjoy her work, and she definitely deserves to be on any list of top ten wrestlers of 2020. Number six, Bailey. 
And, you know, I believe Bailey should be a little bit higher on the list just simply because she held all the gold this year. And, again, yeah. I think we mentioned this. You mentioned this before. When she went heel, total yeah. career change. It really elevated. Yeah. It did, man, because you took her more serious. And it, it was just a a change from all that hugging and baby face mm-hmm. character that she had because she wasn't really like, she didn't really have a character. Like she just known for hugging people. Like what is that? Yeah. Yeah. But now she's, she, she had all the gold. She has a yeah. character, the attitude, you know? Yeah. The attitude. Yeah. And I think what she really did too was she took and she said it recently on the Stone Cold uh, podcast. Uh, she said that she still feels like she's not taken seriously, and she has a lot to prove still. Like she's not looked at like a Becky Lynch or a Charlotte Flair, and that's a chip on oh, her wow. shoulder, you know. And I think last year, and it's funny that she still feels that way. And I don't know when they filmed that episode, but um, I, I feel like she should be proud of what she did. I mean, she really stepped up, especially after Becky left uh, due to pregnancy. Um, she really stepped up, and to me, that's right. She's definitely one of the the top tier female talent that WWE has. Absolutely, I mean, she should be higher on this list. I agree. She should, yeah. real. But she comes in number six according to Sports Illustrated's list. Now we're entering the top five, Jermaine, and this is where they're uh, oh, yeah. gonna roll. Number five, as Cornette would say, "Twinkle toes, make finger bang." The man who has the finishing move called the one-winged fairy, uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega, also known as Olivier. Um, listen, from the beginning, and we have a mutual friend who really enjoys uh, Kenny Omega's work, and he's part of the whole Too Sweet thing, which we'll talk about a little bit later here on the show. Um. I never understood the appeal of Kenny Omega. Everyone's saying he's the best wrestler in the world. And I want to say that Kenny Omega is only good when he wrestles talent that is good. When he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling, that's when the whole sweeper thing came. That's when the whole, oh, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world came because he was put up against amazing talent. Ibushi, AJ Styles at the time, uh, Nakamura. You talk about your... um, uh, Tetsuya Nato, you talk about your Okadas. These are great wrestlers that are great workers. And those are the types of people that he faced in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now you see Kenny Omega come to AEW, and that's not the guy we, we, we hear about, the guy that showed up in New no, Japan Pro Wrestling. Not at all. Like you're telling me that Kenny Omega, after having such a lackluster year, this man is number five on the list. Uh-uh. He shouldn't even be on the list. Thank you very much, Jermaine. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. I really do. I don't get the hype with Kenny Omega. I don't consider him one of the best wrestlers in the world. I never did. I don't know about you. Neither do I. No, no, neither did I. Like, I, I was excited. I'm like, okay, Kenny Omega. I don't really watch the Japanese stuff. Mm-hmm. So now that he's in AEW, now I want to see what this guy can do. So I started watching AEW for because I wanted to see Kenny Omega matches. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I started watching. Because you heard of this guy's like they, the best, right? 
Yeah, I've yeah. heard that he's so good. Like he's on he's on par with AJ Styles and some other great. <laughs> but watching him <laughs> Go ahead. I know I made you laugh. <laughs> but uh just watching him has been so disappointing. He hasn't wowed me. No. His match against Jericho, that no. first AEW pay per view, it was just wasn't that good to me. Jericho looked sloppy. Yeah. And nah, it wasn't good to me. Yeah. And then ever since that, he kind of disappeared. But now, I guess they put the belt on him. And yeah, I'm trying to. Even him winning the belt, things, like but, to be honest with you, dethroning John Moxley, that match, I mean, it was boring. It just wasn't good. And of course, you can say, oh, he, he had a tag team run with uh, Adam Page. That's the most convoluted. That was boring. Thing in the world, and it was boring, and it amounted to shite. So, yeah, it didn't. It's just, you know, and they say here, you know, Omega has traveled to different promotions also with an appearance in Triple A's Triple Mania, which, yes, he did. But that match was riddled with botches. And no, it wasn't <laughs> the talent of Triple A. It was him doing the botches. It was him. So, no, it doesn't matter. Like, he's not what everyone made him out to be. And it's disappointing. And I love hearing it from you because I know you're not too well versed on the New Japan Pro stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, even then, I'm just like, yo, this guy, he's whatever. You know what I mean? But then he comes to AEW and it proves. I mean, he proves it himself that he's just not that best in the world. He just isn't. I mean, number five? No. Mm-mm. No, number, number 50. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Maybe. Ugh. I don't know. Let's move on to something that we can probably agree with. And this is where I said I was going to flip-flop. So Tetsuya Naito from New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, he definitely carried the product for New Japan Pro Wrestling in 2020. He definitely did. You know, he's been the face of the promotion, um, even helped out ROH when he did the uh, War of the Worlds that we've been lucky to to attend sometimes here in Toronto, Jermaine. Um, he's been featured in a lot of classic pay-per-view matches with Okada, Kenta, and he's just a great in-ring performer all around, like they say on this, in, on this uh, article here. And, and I enjoy his work. I really do. Uh, but to me, I would have liked to seen Kota Ibushi at number four and maybe Tetsuya Naito at number eight. Or it's just a, it's just maybe my biased. What do you think? Yeah, again, since I don't know too much about mm. New Japan wrestling, yeah. If you want to swap them, then I guess. But there it is, yeah, folks. I, I gotta. Jermaine says yes, <laughs> so we go with it. Tetsuya Naito. I why mean, not? Why not? Why not? I tell you, Tetsuya Naito, Okada. And Kota Ibushi are the top stars to me, including Evil and Sonata. Those are some of the great uh, New Japan Pro wrestlers that I like and that I follow. Not the only ones, of course, but those are the ones that I like and I follow. And I think those guys are really, really good. And I'm just happy to see some New Japan Pro guys being actually um, highlighted on this um, half-assed list of the top 10 wrestlers of 2020, according to Sports Illustrated. Number three, the top... Three and now this is where they get a lot of crap wrong. This is where they get yeah. disrespectful, straight <laughs> up, straight up disrespectful. Oh, okay. And we have a lot to say here. Coming number two and one, we'll have a lot to say. Number three, the only thing I'll say about number three, and even before, even before I say the name, I'm just going to say this: number three should have been number one. 
Straight up. And with that being said, number three is Drew McIntyre uh, from WWE. I don't know how, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, if you're an editor, a columnist uh, from a you know a, a magazine like Sports Illustrated, you would know who's at the top of their game, especially in the WWE, which is the leader in sports entertainment. You're you telling are- me that you don't think Drew McIntyre in 2020 was the top superstar of 2020, you have no business writing an article about the top 10 wrestlers of 2020. No. Hold on, Jose. What? I got to say this. Uh-oh. Because I'm stewing in my anger right now. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm, what I'm... more <laughs> does Drew McIntyre have to do? What more does Drew McIntyre have to prove? Let me give you a rundown. Oh. He eliminated Brock Lesnar with a Claymore kick over the top rope in the Royal Rumble. This guy defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, the main event. Defeated him clean. One, two, three. On night two. Yes. Yep. And even beat the Big Show on the same night. (laughs) Right after that match. (laughs) That's right. This guy has been carrying the company over this whole pandemic. Mm. He's been a part of some interesting storylines. He he has been doing some killer promos. Oh, man, yeah. And has been introducing a little bit of his own character to it, you know? Yeah. Like, what more does this guy have to do? I know. He's a WWE champion for most of the year. Yeah. Straight up disrespectful. Sports Illustrated does not know what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and we'll get into two and one because I got a lot to say about that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I mean, I can't even like it, it shouldn't even be discussed. This guy should be number one, hands down. Like we said during the Smarkies, we gave out male superstar of the year, Drew McIntyre won. Okay, and what did we say, Jermaine? There's nothing else to say. That's exactly what it should be. Drew McIntyre yeah. is a superstar of 2020. The best. No yep. questions asked. Hands down. Close case. That's it. Move on. And then you have him here at number three. And then you have the gall to put two other wrestlers at number two and number one. Oh. <laughs> I mean, ah. are we on the same page? Are we on the same universe here? The hell is going on? I just don't know. That's where whoever wrote this top 10 list, that's what's illustrated. Oh. Okay. We agree that Drew McIntyre should be the top wrestler of 2020. Okay. But he's number three on Sports Illustrated. Let's move on to who's better than him in 2020, according to Sports Illustrated, Jermaine. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> I mean, according to Sports Illustrated, what do you want? It hurts me too. It's a pang in my chest, but this has to be discussed. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jermaine. Number two. John Moxley. Bullsh. <laughs> AEW's second ever world champion, John Moxley, was the face of the promotion with classic fights against title challengers that included Kenny Omega, MJF, and Eddie Kingston. And his, it just says in one sentence, Jermaine, his world title run just shows how good 
John Moxley is. And listen, nah. listen, let me let me let me say something here. Um, and and I've a lot of people like John Moxley, and, and okay, maybe I get it, but <sighs> how do I explain this? Okay, John Moxley left WWE because he wasn't happy with creative. And I understand what W was trying to do. John Moxley, if you notice every match this guy has, it's chaos. It's a mud show type wrestling. It's that hardcore stuff. It's the same match every single goddamn time. time. He cannot stay in the freaking ring and have a wrestling match. He has to have a hardcore match. This guy thinks it's ECW. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I understand why he gets criticized. I get it. I mean, he, to me, it's the same thing over and over again. He left WWE because, you know, they wouldn't let him do all this stuff. And now he goes to AEW where they have too much freedom, clearly, which we'll be discussing <laughs> later. And he does the same thing over and over again, and no one rails him in. You know, yeah, sure, he had the championship for, like, most of the year. Sure, I get it. Whatever. But there's nothing fun about it. Like, there's nothing to rave no. about. It's the same thing over and over again. With John Moxley, you know exactly what you're getting every single time. It's the same thing over and over again. I would like to see yep. this guy just have an actual wrestling match. And freaking sell when you're wrestling. Sell. Like, when someone kicks you, sell that. This man's like the Terminator. Oh, my goodness. That's I mean, one of the things that I cannot stand yeah. about him. That spot where he gets... Uh, Hit into the ropes and he straight up no sells, oh, and yeah. then he bounces back and just starts. Yeah, yeah, on the offensive. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Uh, this guy, even though I said that he should have been nominated for a uh, feud of the year, yeah, because the feud with him and Jericho was pretty good. I can't lie. But again. Every match that he has is the same. Wow. You know what spots are coming up. He's just he just looks like a he reminds me of a Mick Foley, like a mankind, hardcore type of guy, you know? Mm. Like he can't he needs to just straight up wrestle and his character's kinda of boring. He just seems like this kind of punk kid, rocker that's you know, and just is just blah. I'm gonna beat you, Chris Jericho. <laughs> I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> hey, he's boring. Yeah, he should have been number number ten. Hey, straight up. <laughs> yeah, and have Eddie Kingston be number eleven, and have Cody be number twelve. Yeah, I, I totally, <laughs> I totally yeah, agree. Up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, man. Just because you're a champion for the whole year. Doesn't yeah, mean so that you're what? one of the top wrestlers. Like, I, I don't. Which gets me to number one. Yeah, because I think this needs to be discussed, and I have a theory why they put her in number one. Oh, me too. It's probably we probably agree on it. Okay, we'll see. I'm curious just here. Sasha Banks, the top wrestler of 2020. No, yeah. no, yeah. It's just that's just wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let me read you what the blurb says here. The top wrestler of the year, 
Working across all three WWE brands over the 12 months, Sasha Banks was the defining star in WWE, along with great feuds with the likes of Asuka and former tag team partner Bailey. Banks was pinnacle in driving the women's division in WWE. With many highlights throughout the year, it looked like Banks went from strength to strength and her in-ring performance are second to none. Now, I think Sasha Banks should be on the list. I'm not saying she shouldn't. I mean, she did have a great year. Yeah. At one yeah. point, she held all the gold alongside Bailey. She's been constantly there. I get it. She should be on the list. Number one, no. That line that says Sasha Banks was def- the defining star in WWE for 2020, that should have been no. written in Drew McIntyre's bio there. Yes. He was the defining star in WWE for 2020. Sasha Banks, I think, got the number one spot because she has now become mainstream. And what I'm talking about is, I mean, we're Star Wars fans here, you and I, Jermaine. I'm sure some wrestling fans out there are. She was in The Mandalorian. Okay, and yep. she's been praised for her role there, and you know she's promoted it, and WWE has promoted it as well. And of course, with her affiliations with Snoop Dogg, Snoop Snoop Dogg has been around; he's everywhere. So I think that has something to including do, including AEW, <laughs> including delivering the worst frog splash in all of history. Um, <laughs> I think that's why she's number one because once they see Sasha Banks. They'll be like, oh, okay, Sasha Banks, yeah, we know her from, oh, she's on The Mandalorian, oh, yeah, she's, she's Snoop Dogg's uh, cousin, and, you know, she's mainstream, she has a partnership with Champs, and this and that. I think it's just, it's, again, it's all politics, I think, because Drew McIntyre should be number one. I can't stress that enough. That's why I think Sasha Banks is number one. What's your theory, Jermaine? Like I said, we would agree 100%. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the reason why I think she was put number one is because she was on two episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. That's why, straight up. Maybe they think, oh, it's so incredible that she was able to balance the two, to act and then do wrestling at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this is a wrestling list. Mm -hmm. And yes, she did do some big things, held all the gold in 2020. Yeah, we're not taking that away from her. No. Yeah. And again, props to her. She was great this year. But not the definitive face of a company. Not what they wrote in that little blurb that they put. Yeah. Nah. nah. I will not accept that. Yeah. This was Drew McIntyre's year. Yeah, I agree. He did everything that... He did everything well that was, that was, put, that was pushed to him. Mm-hmm. You know, he he didn't have his WrestleMania moment in front of a live 80,000-plus crowd. But, yo, he carried the company. Yeah. He rolled with the punches. I'm not saying that Sasha Banks didn't do that, but she was gone for a while. She was. Right? She was off doing something, maybe filming, and then she came back probably, what, summertime? I don't even remember when she came back. But she was paired with Bailey again. Rocking the blue hair. Like, um, nah. 
Did she even have a match at WrestleMania? I don't think so. And if and if she did, it was not memorable. Exactly. See, that's the thing. I don't even think she was on WrestleMania. Let me do my quick research. <laughs> I don't think she was. I think this was mostly. You know who should be on this list? Oscar. Like definitely, she did. No, she was not. Yeah, Sasha wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't even WrestleMania. No. Yeah. So, I definitely think Oscar should be on the list. I'm not saying that she should take Sasha's place, but I think Oscar should be on the list, at least you know on that list. Uh, Oscar, Bailey, and Sasha, definitely. But I wouldn't give any of them you know top wrestler of the year. That goes to Drew. I think some wrestlers, a wrestler missing from this list, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up, Jermaine. Oh wait, she actually was. <laughs> oh, she was. She was from India. Oh, yeah. Night two, match seven, fatal five way elimination match with Bailey, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Tasha Banks, and Tamina. I don't even remember that match. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It might as well not even have happened. Yeah, to be honest with you, man, I have no idea how that match happened, what went on it. Um, yeah. Let's do some it. research here because just for the sake of it, um, wow, was it that bad that, you know, there's no match card here? Wow, that's horrible. <laughs> Come on, guys. Work with me here. Here it is. So you said night two, because now WrestleMania is two nights, which I think is yeah. a little bit crazy there. But okay, let's, let's just do that. Uh, here we go. Night two of WrestleMania. We had, <laughs> uh, yeah, fatal five-way elimination match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. A 20-minute match. Bailey defeated Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Wow. Okay. Talk about just throwing things in there. Um, yeah. yeah, like I, I said, bag. I just wasn't memorable. I'm, I, yeah, no. So, with that being said, folks, that is Sports Illustrated's top ten of the best wrestlers of 2020. Who do you think is missing from this list? I have two names for you. Um, I think one we can agree on is Randy Orton. Oh. What a crime. What a crime. The man's not on the list. Randall Orton is not on the list. Randall Keith Orton. Can you imagine that? Absolutely horrendous. (laughs) Not on the list. He did not make the list. (laughs) (laughs) And um, just for... Um, you know, and I hate to say this, I really do. Um, but yes, Cody should have been on the list. Um, oh wow, I will say this. I mean, he should have been at he least number. T- he should have been at least number ten. I'll agree with you. Um, this guy was this guy's a workhorse. I mean, I mean, even though it's all egomaniac and he's an egomaniac and it's all ego driven, um, at least. At least he's there. He shows up. He puts a match on, even though he wins all the time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he should have been on the list. I think those two were, were, were not on the list. Um, that should have been on the list. If, you know, let, let's see who wrote this freaking list because, 
me see if I know who you are. This, this was written by Justin Barrasso on January 7th, 2021. And let me click on his name to see if there's any... Okay, so there's no information about him. He's just on Twitter. Uh, it says, follow this author on Twitter. Maybe he has a bio there. See what his profile Ooh. is. Uh... Wow, no bio here, no history there. We just know he's from Boston, Massachusetts. He does retweet a lot of wrestling. Hmm. Is he the wrestling correspondent? Maybe. But even so, how are you the wrestling correspondent? And (laughs) this is the top 10 list that you come up with? Come on. You gotta be kidding me. You probably just want to create some buzz or something. Probably, and he's definitely created it, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um Wow. Okay. Well, I wish I knew more a little bit more about him, but there's nothing available immediately on Justin Barrasso. I just gotta say though, um total fail on this list. Um it should have been um, more thought out and certain things should have been flip-flopped and some should have been taken out and made room for other wrestlers who deserve to be on a top 10 list. This got me thinking, Jermaine. I think after this show, I'm going to have to pause and maybe uh, do my own top 10 list of 2020 because, man, this is a travesty. Well, according to Sports Illustrated, Sasha Banks is the top wrestler of 2020. What yeah, a day. Not even close. What a day, Jermaine. We'll be right back to discuss... Some AEW. Attention Smarks, calling all Smarks. We want to talk to you about our friends over at Anchor. Many of you are listening to us on Anchor already, but if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It's free? Yes, free. And after hearing what Anchor can do for you, you won't believe that it's free. All right, I'm listening. Tell me more. So on Anchor, you can use creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more audio streaming platforms. And did we mention that it's all free? All free. Yes, you heard it again. Free. So Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you ever thought about starting your own podcast, now is the time to do it and use Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the boulevard. Welcome back to the 40th episode of Smartdown Boulevard. It's a new year. Same Smarks. My name is Jose and my friend Jermaine Meredith here. And it's the same thing we're going to continue here. It's an ongoing theme here with us. Let's talk about AEW because I love to talk about AEW because there's so much to say. And every week, these guys give us something to think about. And you know what? I read this article and I just laughed. And it has to do with my good friend Cody Rhodes. Um, He was recently on the Talk is Jericho podcast. And uh, (laughs) Jericho asked him, what would you grade? You know, uh, AEW's first full year as a company between 2019 and 2020. He thinks it was a huge success. I'm sure they're still up and running, but that doesn't mean it was great. (laughs) Um, What They got at least three years left. Sorry, what's that? They got at least three years left. Yeah, at least. I mean, this is contractual, so it's just like, come on. Yeah. what would you grade AEW? Um, if you're a teacher, what would you grade them on their first full year? 
Honestly. No bashing. Honestly? Just based on what B. you've seen. Huh? A straight up B. A straight up B? Yeah. Wow. Are you bell curving or like what's going on? Like, uh, <laughs> is it a strong B? No, it's not. They just got the B. Just got it. Just got it. Wow. I, I didn't want to disrespect them by giving them a C. Well, I'm going to, I guess, because I would give them a C to a C minus at that. You know, they've definitely done some great things. Listen. We've, during the break, you know, Brody Lee passed away. And I'll give AEW their props. I want to get this out of the way. They did probably one of the best memorial and tribute shows to a wrestler I've ever seen in my life. To Brody Lee. Yeah, for sure. A-class. I have nothing bad to say about them. That was probably the best show of Dynamite. Um, because on those type of shows, you can do whatever you want to honor the wrestler. And that's exactly what they did. They went above and beyond, and I'm sure they're going to be taking care of Brody Lee's family for years to come. So good on them. Yeah. Good on Tony Khan. Um, fantastic. I have nothing that you have to say about that. But I'm going to take what they did on that show, because what they did on that show is what they do all the time. You know how I said, like, during these tribute shows, you can do whatever you want? Yeah. You know, because it's a tribute show, but they do this all the time. They do whatever the hell they want to no um, logical end. You know what I mean? Like, they just do this all the time. And it's the same thing over and over again. Too much freedom. And, and, and we'll get to that. I give that a C to C minus. But Cody thinks he would give his company an A overall. Oh, wow. Crazy. An A. On the first year, he doesn't think they could have done anything better. He thinks well, this is what he says. He says Cody also admitted that as an important part of the company and someone who works tirelessly to improve it, he was never going to give it a poor rating. It's not about you, oh, bro. Well, yeah, it's a bias. It's not there about you, you. It's about the company. Of course, it's, he's not going to give it because it's going to reflect how shitty he is as a freaking uh, president or whatever the hell he is. Want to be Triple H? He says he wouldn't yeah. go as far as a lofty A-plus, though, but thinks there is room for that in the future if AEW continues to grow like it has since launching. Rhodes is particularly grateful that the new venture didn't tank immediately. You're in contract, bro. You have to fulfill the contract, even though it's crap. That was a genuine fear because starting a WWE alternative wasn't easy, and adjusting to day-to-day -day management was challenging for him personally. It's not about you, bro. It's about the company. Cody then told Chris Jericho that AEW's first 12 months is still the greatest year of his life. Do you see what I mean What an ego freaking maniac this guy is? Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talking about AEW, everything goes back to him. To him. To him. Yep. To him. Who could forget my great match against my brother Goldust? Oh. And my run with the TNT title. And oh my God, like I'm having a kid, so let's make a big hoopla about it on the freaking. Let's, let's produce a video for it on AEW. Like, come on. Come on. It's not about you, bro. Like, if that's what you think Triple H is, you got it all wrong. <laughs> like, Triple H is yeah. not that at all. Triple and H is definitely about the business. He definitely is about the business. And that's what I love about Triple H and that I've learned to love about Triple H. When it comes to Cody, it's all about what benefits him and how it's affecting him. That's not what, what it is, man. It's about the business. It's about the business. All right? And then he says that they think that they have too much freedom. 
There's too much of a laissez-faire attitude when it comes to AEW. Obviously, because these guys can do whatever they want all the time, over and over again. There's no structure. There's no backbone. There's nobody to call the shots properly. It's too loosey-goosey. And that begs me to, yep. to, to, to ask you this question, Jermaine. Is Tony Khan too loose? And I think that's the case. I think, they're too, they're, I think Cody's too loose as well. I think they're afraid of becoming anything near to what WWE is. But with that, there needs to be some structure because at the end of the day, AEW is a business. And if they don't do well, and if it's the same thing over and over again, after your term, it's going to tank. It will be no more. And my prophecy will come true in 2025. WWE will have AEW on the network. So I think they need to, you know, have some backbone, put some, some structure, some logic into this stuff. Well, the company's owned by a mark. <laughs> He's a straight-up mark. You remember yeah. dates, times, and how the atmosphere smelled when he was at wrestling pay-per-views. What the fuck? Like, That's disgusting. The guy just wants... <laughs> <laughs> the, guy, the guy just wants to live out his fantasy by booking things that he wished that he could have seen in WWE or mm-hmm. other wrestling programs that he's seen. Like, the guy has a dream job. He's supplying everything, and they gotta listen to him, right? Yeah, or, I think he's just too loose, man. Like, he is. He's gotta. He, he needs to be more of a businessman. Yeah, it's almost as if he's afraid of the of the staff, or yeah, I guess the staff and the wrestlers and the talent hating him. And seeing him as this like vile villain, someone to be afraid of, like he just wants to be everyone's bud. And maybe you yeah. know what he, he doesn't have... want to see. He doesn't want to be seen as Vince, that's for sure. Yeah, and you know maybe that's but, his. Maybe he can afford to be that way. Yeah, you know, that also begs the question. You know, maybe he does. He's okay being everybody's bud. Sure, why not? Like you know, what does he have to worry about? You know, if it tanks, it tanks. He's still going to be a billionaire after that anyway. Or his dad will bail him out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, I just, I just wish there was more. You know what? As much as I I crap on AEW and and I know you do, so I think you enjoy it a bit more than I do. But yeah, <laughs> maybe did. a little bit more, a little bit more. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I just think there has to be a bit more structure, uh, better storylines. Definitely, that's what they lack. Yeah, more communication. I think they need to just have they need to be more aware of themselves and and be open to criticism and you know change things, right? I mean, come on. This is your first They're year. repeating they're repeating the mistakes of history past. Mm. They're recruiting all the ex WWE guys and it's it's not going to bode well for them. How can they afford all these guys this new company? Not only that, but you have so much talent on AEW Dark. And this brings up my other point. And I love when one of my childhood favorites come out and say things that I'm thinking because it just, you know, it makes me feel better. Conan um, has come out and said that he believes some people who are on the main roster in AEW on Dynamite should actually be on AEW Dark. And some people who are in AEW Dark should actually be on AEW Dynamite. And that gets me thinking, who's he talking about? You know, why can't they, you know, 
swap back and forth. Give some of the AEW Dark talent some time on the main roster. They have a lot of yeah. talent on AEW Dark that can be and that can be pushed into big superstars on AEW Dynamite. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing Cody, Omega, Young Bucks. Like, this has got to change. This is not their company so they can become bigger stars. You have to push the other guys too. Exactly. They're trying to increase their stock so other companies will pay for them more. Oh, man, that's the wrong way to go. They have so much talent. Like, if I want to bring whoever WWE lets loose all the time, then what happens to my talent that's up and coming? They get lost in the yeah. shuffle. They get lost in AEW Dark, and that's what's happening too. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. Maybe like, what happened to that perfect 10 guy? Yeah. What was his name? Ty Dillinger. Or that's not what he goes by. What happened anymore. to him? I don't know. Just gone with the wind. He flew out. He went from ten nine eight seven six five four three two one gone. <laughs> He's gone. You know, you have Brian Pillman's son, who is a great wrestler, up and coming. Sure, he's a little bit green, but man, come on, this guy is using he's using Pillman as his last name. Build on that. Like, come on, yeah. do something with these guys. There, it's just I don't know maybe it's just that we're on the outside and we can see them faults. You know, I mean you. You can't really, you know, when you're in it, you don't really see the faults. But when you take a step back and you look out you know, outward into it, you kind of see the faults. Maybe that's what's going on with them. Yep. Maybe they're just too high up on themselves thinking, oh, my gosh, we have an alternative to WWE. We're here. We're doing this. And there's just exactly there's some there's something missing there. There's and, and I'm rooting for them because as much as I shit on them and I love to shit on them because they just make it so easy. I um I'm rooting for them. Because WWE, it's kind of just given up. I mean, we're on the road to WrestleMania, guys. I'm not excited. Royal Rumble is in two weeks. I'm not excited. We're going to do a Royal Rumble show on Friday. We're going to do a two-for-one on Monday. But that's just because we love wrestling. But am I excited about the Royal Rumble? One of the biggest pay-per-views of the year? No, I'm not. Because WWE kind of just given up. So I'm rooting for AEW to pull through and to give us some good wrestling. Because I believe they can. But they just need to get their heads out of their assholes and start doing something good. That's just me. And, Jermaine, them teaming up with Impact Wrestling is doing nothing for AEW. And it's doing everything for Impact Wrestling. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, thank you. Impact (laughs) Wrestling cannot, they cannot go away. And AEW is just helping them with this because AEW has nothing to gain. They don't. Like, you have, okay, so this no. Sunday, it's not Sunday, sorry, Saturday, because Impact Wrestling has their pay views on Saturday. Kenny Omega, the AEW world champion, will team up with the Good Brothers, who are the uh, Impact World Tag Team Champions, to face the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan and the Mortar City Machine Guns. It, why? And this begs another question, Jermaine. We saw the reunion of the Bullet Club. Olivier, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks. Okay. Who's this benefiting? Them. To tickle their ego. Really? And that's the problem that I have with them. It's all ego-based, ego-driven. The Marks are loving it. I know they are. I see it on my Facebook feed, but yep, for yep, <laughs> but 
(laughs) (laughs) But come on. We got to do better. Come on, (laughs) But if you're interested, if you're interested, Impact, pay-per-view, first of the year, hard to kill, is this Saturday, January 16th, live on pay-per-view or on Fight TV, if you're interested to uh, throw your money literally down a toilet and flush it and see it all go away. (laughs) Go ahead and do that. Um, On an interesting note, Jermaine, which I found, uh, I think you would have got a kick out of this for some reason. Let me just find it because I, I, when I read it, I'm just like, what? Um, Josh Matthews is no longer part of Impact Wrestling's um, announced team, which is good because the guy is just atrocious. Um, yeah. Damn, I lost the <laughs> article. But I think he got promoted to something like senior VP or something, which is just like, wow, that shows you what kind of company Impact Wrestling is. Um, but there's a new announced team at uh, Impact Wrestling that will be debuting on this Saturday's pay-per-view. And one of them is D'Lo Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. So D'Lo and uh, what's his name? Who's the other guy? Yeah, I read that too. Matt Stryker. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown will now be the commentators on Impact Wrestling while Josh Matthews... Uh, has signed a new multi-year contract with Impact and is being promoted to senior producer for weekly TV and pay-per-views. Well, there you have it, folks. That's how Impact Wrestling does business, and that's why we don't really cover it here on the boulevard. Um, Jermaine, we'll be right back to wrap things up. I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say. That's good, man. (laughs) We'll be right back. You're listening to Smart Down Boulevard. Welcome back. It's time to end the 40th episode of Smart Down Boulevard. As always, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. It's a new year. We're going to keep on coming at you every Friday as long as we can. Keep it posted because, Jermaine, next week, I have a surprise for you. Tomorrow, uh, oh, <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to confirm things, but they're pretty much confirmed at this point. I just... Next week, we're going to bring back Smark Trivia. And Jermaine, you're one of the contestants because, man, this has to be decided. I can't, I, I'm the man in the middle. And as much as I enjoy it, I, I just, it's a lot of tension. You know, it's a lot of tension. And this needs to be resolved. So we have that lined up for you next week. And also the following week, we're going to have a Royal Rumble preview alongside some of our little discussions about classic Royal Rumbles because. There's some Royal Rumbles that are, were so good and then some of them were so bad. And I think it needs to be discussed in celebration of the upcoming Royal Rumble because we're on the road to WrestleMania, of course. And as always, you can listen to us at anchor.fm online. Or, you know what, Jermaine? You know what I just thought? Imagine taking orders from Josh Matthews on Impact Wrestling. I don't. Can you imagine that? This guy was untough enough, too small to be a wrestler, so they throw him into interviewing people, which I thought he was okay. Then he put him on commentator, and then he was just a little mini uh, Michael Cole. Then he leaves the WWE, they fire him, then he goes to Impact, does the same crap that he did in WWE on Impact Wrestling, and then now he's the senior producer of weekly television and pay-per-views. Guy's an overachiever. I'll give him that. Uh, like I was saying, you can listen to us at Anchor FM or on the app that you can download for free. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, 
Radio Public. For the full list, for more content, and to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD to keep the conversation going. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Jermaine, as always, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy belated birthday, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, man. Thank you. Take care. Until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in. This is Smartdown Boulevard!